0: Where is this guy? He's running
1: real late, huh? I'm so sorry, I'm late. I was helping an old lady across the hey, street. Is it, is it, is it uh, Mr. Mr. Gus, right? Hi. It's, 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 yeah, what was going on? Yeah, sorry, I was helping an old lady across the street, and there was a, there was a burn in the ground that gave multiple altitude before I went to 7-Eleven. It's been acting morning. Yeah, that, that sounds like a busy morning, but, yeah. uh... You know, we'll get through. it. What, what okay. do you got there? Uh, well, this is my yes box. I, I'm a firm believer of saying yes all the time just making sure everyone's happy. Uh, well, I'm currently out of yeses because I don't get to order someone off the Amazon, but they're coming in soon. Ah, uh, uh, a yes box, huh? Yeah. Uh,
0: okay. Well, well,
1: you know, you can say no sometimes, right? No. Wait. No. I, no, I didn't make sense. I'm sorry. Okay, I think I got just the glasses for you. Why don't you put that okay. in that box, you sure. should try these on, and I think this okay. is going to change your life. You so sure? Well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, all right, well, okay. There you go. Thank you. Okay, let's see how this goes. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, and welcome to the well here at STSA. You are tuning in today to the series finale of I thought it was just me a journey that we started five weeks ago where we're talking about the subject that maybe no one wants to talk about but we all need to talk about it because it's something that we all deal with which is the various insecurities that we all struggle with okay and several people have told me that this series has, they, people have told me how did you know that I needed to hear about this how did you know because that's the whole point of the series name is that we all think that it's just me that I'm the only one who struggles with Feeling not good enough. I'm the only one who struggles with the comparison trap. We feel like we're the only one. But what we've seen in this series is that it's not uncommon to us all as human beings. We all struggle with insecurity. And what we want to figure out in this series, what we have been trying to figure out is how to address it. Instead of just feeling like I should stop it or I need to not be insecure, how can we address that? And if you're just tuning in today for the first time, I'll encourage you that when you get home, that go to our website SCSA.Church and click on the well, and there you'll be able to find all the rest of the messages from this series. Because you're kind of catching part five, like the series finale, but if you missed parts one, two, three, and four, you can watch those on demand. You can binge watch, okay, all week if you want. Um, No better way to spend your Valentine's Day maybe than binge watching, you know. But just to catch everyone up to speed, what we talked about in this series so far. We started by talking, the first message was called Never Enough, and we talked about what does it mean when we feel like we are not blank enough. I'll never be smart enough. I'll never be pretty enough. I'll never be successful enough. I'll never be good enough to meet the expectations of so-and-so. And And that we talked about the gap. The gap of who I am and who I want to be. And that gap is the insecurity that causes all the problems in our life. And what we agreed, for those just by way of review, what we agreed is that when we feel that gap, we're going to remember three things. We're going to remember that God sees us different than we think that how we see ourselves with this gap, God sees us different than we think, that God has given to us more than we think, because we tend to focus on what we don't have versus what we do have. So God sees us different than we think, and God viewed, God has given us more than we think. And then thirdly, we agreed that it's not about us as much as we think. That in the end, like the various things that we think make us good or bad, aren't really, it's more about Him in our life than it is about ourselves. Okay, that was the first week. Second week we talked about comparison, how to escape the comparison trap. And what we agreed, help me out here STSA family, there's no win in... there's no win in comparison. That's what we agreed. Remember, help me out here. There's no win in comparison because either you're gonna compare and you're gonna find yourself bad, low self-esteem, or you're gonna find yourself good, pride, and either one of those is bad. There's no win in comparison. So what we agreed is that we all have to make a decision about who or what is going to be the reference point for our lives. We are all looking to either people or things or accomplishments or achievements to say, I'm good now. I was not good, now I am good. You have to decide who's going to be that reference point for you. Is it going to be up or is it going to be around? You have to choose. And what we agreed during that week as well, in case we start to feel like, you know what, God looks at me bad and God doesn't look me as good as that guy or that guy, we agree that we're going to ask ourselves this question. Who do perfect parents compare themselves to? Remember we talked about that? And we said, perfect parents don't compare their kids, and neither does our Heavenly Father compare us. That was week two. Week three was my personal favorite. We talked about the control freak, of which I'm number one. So it's basically the story of Father Anthony and his life story right here in a 45-minute segment. And we talked about the area. The area. Try to remember here. Help me out here. The area that we try to control the most is the area that we trust God the least. The area, thank you, the area that we are trusting the most, I'm sorry, that controlling the most is the area that we're trusting God the least. And what we agreed is I as a parent, if I got a kid who doesn't trust me enough, and he wants to take control, he doesn't trust me. The solution to a child who wants to control too much and is always worried about losing control, the solution is not to give them more control, but actually less. And that's what we talked about that week, how we want to surrender control to God. Instead of waiting for God to rip the remote out of our hands, we're going to give it to him. Okay, because we don't need to him to rip it out of our hands. We're going to worry less and pray more. We're going to trust God in the details. And then last week, also was my favorite, okay, because this is, they're all my favorite. right? We talked about the right to be offended, the easily offended, the overly sensitive. And we talked about how no matter what it is that happens to us, we feel like for me to be right, someone else has to be wrong. And that's a sign of insecurity. That for me to be right, what it is that I want to do, I have to make someone else wrong to justify whatever it is that I want to do. We're not going to do that. What we are going to do is we are going to treat others the way we want God to treat us. We're going to give the benefit of doubt as we want the benefit of doubt for us. We're not going to label people on their worst day just like we don't want to be labeled on our worst day. And ultimately we're going to forgive as Christ has forgiven us, okay? This week, our final insecurity needs no introduction because once I say the word people pleaser, approval addiction, then we all know what that means because every single one of us struggles with it to some degree or another. And we all know what it's like. I want to read to you an actual email that I received several months ago. It might have even been years ago by this time, but I've always held on to it because it says a lot, okay? And this is no one in here, someone from faraway church. Wrote to me, says, Your sermons have really helped me out a lot, but there's one area where I need your help. That is the fear of disapproval. It really messes up my relationships and makes me miserable. To be honest, I'm so afraid of being rejected that I let people walk all over me. It affects what I say, what I wear. It even affects the food that I eat. I hate feeling this weak, but I don't know how to change. For all my life I've worried about what other people think about me. As a little child, I quickly learned that certain things would bring the smile and approval of my parents and other adults. Then when I started grade school, the approval of my friends became the most important thing in my life. Now I'm in college, but I've never grown out of this fear of being rejected. I still live my life mainly based on the approval of others. I want so badly to be liked, to fit in, and to be accepted, that I've done all kinds of dumb stuff that my friends and my boyfriends have forced me to do. I really regret that. Most of the time I know the right thing to do, I'm just too afraid to do it, worrying what others will think about me. Why am I so weak? Why can't I handle their disapproval? I have opinions, but I'm always afraid to express them. I'm tired of saying yes to people just because I'm afraid to say no. I'm tired of caring too much about what other people think of me. I'm tired of being manipulated and used. But in many ways, it's my own fault. Sometimes I feel that I don't even know who I am. I'm just a collection of the expectations of others. Here's what we're gonna talk about here today. Here's our main message, our key thought, and we'll break it down for the rest of our time here together. Being obsessed with what people think is the fastest way to forget about what God thinks. Being obsessed with what people think is the fastest way to forget about what God thinks being obsessed with what that guy thinks, or that girl thinks, or my parents think, or my professor thinks, or whoever thinks, is the fastest way to forget what really matters, which is what God thinks. I say people-pleaser, y'all know exactly what it means. I don't need to give a definition, because we all... People-pleaser is not yes and no. It's not some of us are and some of us aren't. It's a spectrum, where all of us are at times, and all of us are not at times. There's good days and there's bad days. There's days that I post something online, and I just post it and I walk away. And there's other days that I post it and check, 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 refresh, how many likes, how many retweets, got a retweet, yes! There's some days that were good and some days that were bad. There's some days where people criticize us and we take it in a constructive way. We thank them. And we say, thank you, you made me a better person. There's other days that we take it personal, we get offended, and we unfriend them before the day is done. There's some days where we feel so overwhelmed with what we have in life that we say, you know what? I'm secure enough to be able to say, I can't do this. I, I'm going to say no, and I'm going to risk that you're going to not be my friend anymore, but I know you'll understand if I explain it. And there's some days we feel so overwhelmed, yet we still, we're too insecure, and we say, you know what? Fine, just do it. I just, I can't risk, you know, messing up this relationship. There are some days where we stand up for what we believe in no matter what. We stand up for our values, and we are the light. And we are the strong tower. And there's other days where we're not having such a good day where the crude joke at work and, okay, just go with the flow. Don't make way. Just go with the flow. And boyfriend want to do this. A girlfriend want to do that. I don't really think, but just kind of keep the peace. Okay, kind of go with the flow. I know people whose very haircuts that they have right now is based on approval of other people. (laughs) Why do we do this? Because we're all insecure. We're all insecure. That, 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 that's, that's the summary of everything we are talking about for the past five weeks. Is that all of us are insecure and it manifests itself in different ways. We all want to be liked. We all want to be affirmed. We all want someone to say, you're good. We all want someone to say, I like you. I want you in my life. You're a valuable person. We all want that. And if we don't know how to address it in a proper way, we're going to be slaves to the approval of others as this young lady in this letter. There's a book by a psychologist We called it Disease to Please. Okay, it was called Disease to Please and in that book he likened approval addiction or people pleasing to like an addiction to cocaine. And I know it sounds strong and I thought it was kinda of strong myself but after explaining it further and further he says that what 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 narcotics do, what drugs do, things like cocaine they create a dependency, a need to have it, an approval of people Is the exact same way and actually stronger, he makes the argument, because you can never physically remove yourself from yourself. The drugs, you can put yourself in a room and lock the door and you can put no drugs in there so eventually you're wean yourself off it in some way shape or another. But you can never remove yourself from the desire inside you and the ability to fulfill that desire of pleasing other people. In the book he came up with the Ten Commandments of a people pleaser. Okay, I I narrowed them down to five and kind of added my own little twist to some of them right here. Because I don't think we should say 10 commandments for anything except the one. But anyway, five commandments of a people pleaser. See if you relate. See if you got any people pleaser inside you. Number one, do whatever it takes to get other people to like you and think well of you. Do whatever it takes to get other people to like you and think well of you. Number two, always be nice. What our mom has always taught us. Always be nice and never hurt anyone's feelings. Always be nice, never hurt anyone's feelings. Number three, never disappoint or let other people down when it's in your power not to. Never disappoint. Let other people... And it sounds like that sounds like a good thing. Number four. Never make waves and do whatever it takes to keep peace and keep everybody happy. And number five and most important, I'm sorry, number one and most important, let the expectations of others dictate what you expect of yourself. Let the expectations of others dictate what you expect of yourself. Can you relate? Sound familiar? We all got a little people pleaser inside of us. And what we need to see today is how we can address it. Because being obsessed with what other people think is the fastest way to forget about what God thinks, which is the only thing that matters in the end. Let's take a step back. People pleasing is bad. Approval addiction is bad. Why is it bad? Why is it bad to care what other people think of you? It seems like it's a good thing. Shouldn't you want to make people happy? Shouldn't you care to have a good reputation? Like isn't that in the Bible somewhere? About having a good reputation? Actually King Solomon in the Proverbs said a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. So it seems like pleasing other people is a good thing, and I can't say that it's wrong. It's good to please your friends. It's good to please your children. Absolutely good to please your husband. That's a great thing that we we encourage very strongly around here, okay? It's good to please the people that matter to you. Like, why is that bad to have their approval? It seems like that would be better than having their disapproval. I agree. To not care about the approval of others is narcissistic, Is selfish and is actually the textbook definition of what a sociopath is. A sociopath is someone who doesn't care about what anyone else thinks or says and just kinda lives in his own little world. So we don't want to go to that extreme. But let's agree that being, having the approval of others, having a good reputation, pleasing others, being nice, being caring, these are all good things, but taken to an extreme can be a very negative thing. It's like every one of God's gifts. If used properly is great, but if used improperly or improperly can be a very bad thing. Solomon says it this way. In Proverbs 29, 25, he says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The fear of man brings a snare. And this word snare is an important word. Because the word snare is the same word that was used in the Hebrew language to mean a hook like a hook like you see in that picture, and they would use that hook, sorry for the grossness here, sorry what I'm about to do, okay, to stick it in an animal's nose, and do what with the hook in his nose? Lead the animal to wherever it is they want to lead the animal. And they would drag him here, because when you're in this position, I know it's gross, I'm sorry, okay, but when you're in this position, you don't have much control over where you go. And that's how some of us are in life. That's how some of us are. People pleasing fear of men. Oh, so-and-so bought those new shoes. Okay, I'm gonna buy those new shoes over there. Okay, so-and-so is uh, partying on Friday, so I'm gonna party on Friday night. Oh, this, my boyfriend wants me to do, so I gotta do what my boyfriend wants me to do. Um, um, uh, this job, this promotion, this whatever, I gotta have that. We just lead ourselves. We get led. Maybe we don't led by the group. Maybe we say, no, we don't care about pleasing people, but maybe there's one person. That we're trying to get his approval. Maybe it's our parents' approval, our dad's approval, our mom's approval, and it changes the way we raise our children. Because this is the way my mom thinks I should raise my children. This way I raise my children. My dad's never going to be happy unless I have this job. I'm going to have this job, and we follow that other people around to seek their approval becomes a snare. You say this is gross, Father Anthony, and I say I don't care what you think, but I do care about. One second, sorry. care what you think. (laughs) See how far this fear of man can take you. John chapter 12, verse 42 and 43 says, nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, him being Jesus, of course. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they, watch this, they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. You see where approval addiction can take you? You see where people-pleasing can take you? You see the potential result of it? They believed in him. They wanted to follow him. But they refused. Because they were so afraid of what those people would say, being rejected by those people. That's why I say this. I say people-pleasing is idolatry. People-pleasing is idolatry. People-pleasing is not something that needs to be tweaked. It's not something that's like, okay, I'll work on it. People-pleasing is idolatry. And you saw that in the example that I just showed you. There you have a group of people who say, we believe. But because of these people might look at me funny, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And they let their life, their lives, be dictated by someone else's approval as opposed to the approval of the only one that mattered. <clears throat> Ask yourself this question. In what areas of my life am I caving into the expectations of others? Be honest. Again, no one is or is not a people-pleaser. No one is or is not addicted to approval. Everyone falls somewhere on the line. So ask yourself. Don't ask, am I a people pleaser? Ask in what areas of my life am I caving in? Am I compromising my values? Am I doing something only for the sake of winning the approval of someone else? Where am I letting others' expectations guide my decisions? What they do with their children guides what I do with my children. Everyone signs up their kids for this. i got to sign up my kids for this. Everyone pursues this work. i got to pursue this work. Everyone is going to this happy hour. i got to go to this happy hour. Where am I letting... The expectation of others affect the way I choose to live my life? Maybe you can ask it in a slightly different way. Ask it in a different way. How would my life look different if I didn't care what other people thought about me? How would my life look different today if I didn't care what other people thought about me? Would I be in as much debt as I am today if I didn't care what other people thought about me? Would I be wearing these shoes, this, this, these pants? Would I have this haircut? Would I be pursuing this career? If I didn't care what other people thought about me, would I be compromising my values? Would I be saying these jokes? Would I be on these websites? Would I be part of this group if I didn't care what other people think about me? Where am I acting for the purpose of winning the approval of another or avoiding the rejection of another? Would more people know about my faith if I didn't care about the approval of others? Would I invite more people to church? Would I speak up for what I believe is right? Would my political view change if I didn't care what other people thought about me? We all got a little people-pleaser inside of us. And what we need to focus the rest of our time on is not the problem, but the solution. How do we solve this problem? How do we solve the problem of, I care too much about what other people think of me? That I'm trying to avoid rejection, trying to win the approval of people, because we realize that being obsessed with what people think is the fastest way to forget about what God thinks. How do I solve this problem? Well, here's the easy answer, which doesn't work. The easy answer is, just don't care. Just don't care. I want to impress so-and-so. Don't care about them. Don't care what your dad thinks. Don't care what your coworkers think. Don't care what your neighbors think. Just don't care. That's the easy answer for someone who's not you. Someone on the outside of you, that's the easy answer. That's like the, 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 the person who says, I'm struggling to eat healthy. Just stop eating unhealthy. It's a very simple solution when you are not the person in the problem. But I have this theory in life. I have this theory in life and it's gotten me this far and I'm telling you, if you can understand this, make a big difference in all areas, especially this area. The key to life when it comes to changing your habits or avoiding something bad and doing something positive, the key is not trying to remove sin but trying to replace sin. Do not seek to remove bad, seek to replace bad. What do I mean? I mean, let's say, you want to say, I want to stop eating potato chips. I want to stop eating potato chips. I want to stop eating potato chips." That's a recipe for disaster. Instead of saying, I want to stop eating potato chips, all you're thinking about is potato chips, instead say, I'm gonna start eating carrots. Or, I'm gonna start eating, you know, uh, kale. Okay? Kale, okay? Instead of saying what you're gonna stop, focus on what you're gonna start. And the more you focus on what the positive to do, you can gain some wins, you get some momentum going in the right direction, and you're growing, and then by the time you get to the, the time for the chips, you're full on the good thing. So don't say, stop caring what other people think. I say, don't make people smaller, make God bigger. Don't make people smaller, make God bigger. Don't stop saying, or don't start, don't, don't say, I don't care what she thinks. I don't care what he thinks. I really don't care. I really don't care. But you do care. I care what this guy thinks but I care more what he thinks. And I'm gonna make it my goal not to remove this care but to replace it with this care. And the more I care about this the smaller and smaller my care for others will become. I'll give you an example. The year was 1989. I was a young 7th grade lad. Sharp young lad. Okay, stunning young man. And the 7th seventh, the seventh and 8th grade talent show was upon us. Me and a couple of guys decided, back in the day, see so y'all, 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 y'all children, okay, young, young kids, y'all don't understand how real music was back then, okay? Back in the 80s, we had real music. And the original, original boy band was New Kids on the Block, thank you very much. And back in the day, all these other ones are rip-offs. Of New Kids on the Block, Jordan and Donnie, and the, <laughs> all you think that that the first Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Marky Mark is nobody. Donnie was the real Wahlberg. But that's another issue. All the girls loved New Kids on the Block. The guys we made fun of New Kids on the Block, but me and two other guys we said, you know what? Let's do something good. <laughs> and what we wanted to do was impress certain lady friends. Okay, certain ladies wanted to impress them, so we went on town show and we did New Kids on the Block the right stuff You remember the right stuff okay we did the song and the dance moves and the, you know what I mean like the like the like we did it all okay uh, we did it all. And I was gonna bring a picture of what new kids on the block looked like but then when I saw them the other day I looked at the, the outfits they swear I can't believe it we actually wore stuff like that and we went up there and like I said we were doing it and we were like all over the place we finished all the guys laughed at us all the girls Laughed at us as well. (laughs) And we were utterly humiliated for the rest of that year. Everything totally backfired. But here's the point of the story. Okay? And my illustrious boy band career had its opening and closing in the same night, okay? But here's the point of the story. The point was, I never at any moment in time said, I don't care what the guys think about me. Actually did care very much what they what they thought about me. I wish I'd cared a little bit more, but What happened at that time was I was so consumed with what the ladies thought of me that this became a non-factor. If I had thought about it and said, would they care? And I said, this is probably going to be ridicule. But when I have all the ladies at my arms, I mean, they're going to be jealous of me. That's what we thought. I wasn't thinking that I don't care about this. I was thinking that I care so much about this. And the same comes true. Same is true when it comes to a relationship with God. You know all those verses that say you should hate your father and mother and brother and sister and hate everything for me? It doesn't mean hate in that sense, but it means hate in this sense. That God should be so much number one, so much number one, that I don't even see anything else. That here I am on this earth and I'm walking around, I see a building, I see a building, I see all this stuff. But the closer and closer I get to God, the closer and closer I get and look down on those big buildings, I can barely see them, those tiny little things. That's what needs to happen with the approval of others. That's what it means to hate your father and mother and brother and sister. That's what it means to hate everything on this earth. That doesn't mean to hate, in the sense, because God wants us to love. But it means that my, my desire to uh, please God is so great that my desire to please everybody else becomes so small in comparison to that. We need to become, I said earlier, being obsessed with what people think is the fastest way to forget about what God thinks. The opposite is also true. Being obsessed with what God thinks is the fastest way to stop caring about what people think. Being obsessed with what God thinks, that's what we need to aim for, because that's the solution to our problems. King David says this in Psalm 34, verse 9. Help me understand this verse, because I don't understand it. It says, Fear the Lord, you holy, you His holy people. For those who fear Him lack nothing. Explain that verse to me. Those who fear Him lack nothing. Reminds me of another verse that King David said uh, a few chapters earlier in the psalm. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I want nothing. I lack nothing. Explain that to me. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ as you are as well. And you say, I lack a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I lack. Well, watch this. Okay, I'm explaining you here this verse. And this verse, if you get this, this is a totally freeing verse. If you get this, this is free your life in amazing ways if you get this. Follow me here. Those who try to seek approval of others, those who want people to approve of them, Will you ever succeed in having everyone pleased by you? Will you ever succeed in having everyone approve of you? Will you ever be smart enough? Will you ever be pretty enough? Will you ever be successful enough? Will you ever be accomplished enough that everybody is well pleased with you? The answer is no. And those of us who have tried have discovered that you can spend your whole life seeking after this approval of people, and even when it seems like you got it for a moment, It quickly disappears. I want my friends to like me so I change my personality for them to like me and then they change and then I have to change to catch up. I want my kids to like me so you know what I don't discipline my kids I let them off the hook but then you know I realize that they want something else and they're still not approving. I want my parents to finally say you're good and no matter what I do my parents always have something more. So those who are seeking approval of people will always lack and will always feel like they don't have enough but here's the good news and like I said this is freeing if you get this. You don't need to please people. You only need to please one person. And that one person, our Father in heaven, already approves of us. So when my desire is to please him, I lack nothing. You know why? Because he's approved of me. I don't need to chase it. St. Paul says it a slightly different way. Galatians 1.10. He says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. This is good news, people. I don't know if you realize how good news this is. This says that if your parents don't approve of you, that's okay. If your kids don't approve of you, that's okay. If your friends don't approve of you, that's okay. Because you don't need the approval of man, you only need the approval of God. And as long as we have the approval of God, I may not be the most successful, I may not be the most popular, I may not be the most respected by my kids, I may not be whatever it may be, but as long as I have the approval of God, that's good enough. I don't need to chase anything more than that. Yes, it's good that we care about one another, it's good we want people to respect us, all those things are good, but uh, some of us are chasing an unattainable goal. We've been chasing for years the approval of somebody who, if he hasn't approved of you yet, he's never going to approve. If you haven't pleased that person yet, you're never going to please them because most likely the problem is them, not you. They are unpleasable. I'm not saying this about my parents. Oftentimes I give example of parents, people think you're talking about your parents. I'm not talking about mine. Mine were the exact opposite of this. But some of us grew up in homes where whatever grade we got was not good enough. Whatever grade we got was not good enough. You got a C, they wanted to be. You got be. they wanted A. You got one A, they wanted all A's. You got all A's! They said, how come you didn't help your sister get A's as well? That's not your problem. You will never catch up to that person's approval. But the beautiful thing, the freeing thing is maybe I don't need to. Help me out here. Say this with me because it's very freeing. Say it with me. Say it with me. Say, I cannot please everyone. Say it with me. I cannot please everyone. No, say it again and say it in a way that you mean it. I cannot please everyone. And it feels so good to say, I cannot please everyone. If you are a people pleaser and you struggle with it, you need to remind yourself, I cannot please everyone. They say there's only one day in your life where everyone's going to speak well of you. And that's your funeral. So if you want to please everybody, that's the path to get there. But as long as you're alive, there's going to be someone who's not happy with you. I cannot please everyone. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Ready? I can please the only one that matters. Say that with me. I can please the only one that matters. I cannot please everyone. I cannot please everyone, but I can please the only one that matters. And that's all that matters. And that's attainable. And that's doable. And that's within my reach. So you know what? As much as my insecurity battles me, and I'm not good enough, I'm not pleasing everyone, and all this stuff, if I just change, if I just change my baseline, and what matters, they say, you know what? I lack nothing. I'm good. So-and-so doesn't like me. So-and-so sent me an email. That so-and-so thinks I'm a, but I'm okay. Because I have the approval of the only one that matters. A few weeks back, I told you guys a story about me and my daughter. And how when I tuck her in at night, I ask her who's the most beautiful girl in the world. And we play this little game, and it's her heart, whatever And several people told her after I said that story, told her about it. So ever since then, I went to tuck her in and do the same thing. She's like, yeah, I know, Dad, skip to the end. Okay, so anyway, forget about that story. But when I told that story, another dad came and told me something similar they do with their daughter. And they told me that when they tuck their kid in at night, okay, they have the same thing about who's the most special, all this kind of stuff. And he told me a story from, from, I don't know when it was, probably several months ago. He said one day his daughter came home and said, Daddy, certain kids are making fun of me at school. She's probably like eight or nine at the time. And the dad said, what'd they say about you? he she said they said i'm dumb and they said i'm stupid and the dad said well, what did you say to them she said you're wrong i'm not dumb i'm not stupid and the dad really she said yeah i laughed at them and i told them they don't know what they're talking about and the dad said tell me more so the daughter went on to say i told them that my daddy tells me that I'm smart. My daddy tells me that I'm special. My daddy tells me that I'm so special that the world could only handle one of me. <laughs> and when the friends told her that you're dumb, she wasn't trying to talk back. She wasn't trying to be funny. She wasn't trying to be uh, 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 like uh, uh, like, uh, uh, like uh, annoying or anything like that. She's being honest. She's like, no, you're wrong. Because my daddy told me special I am we can learn a lot from that girl because we have a great daddy we have a great daddy and our daddy tells us over and over and over and over again maybe you don't hear because maybe you're not spending enough time listening maybe not spend enough time in his house maybe not spend enough time in his word maybe not spend enough time in his presence but that's not his problem it's, it's your problem we have a great daddy who tells us we are his beloved his beloved who tells us no matter what we did yesterday, no matter how bad we rested it, today in him, new creation. All things today are new in him. And no matter what stains or spots or blemishes, that he can make us new creation whiter than snow. The question is, who are you listening to? Listening to your friends tell you who you are? Or you listen to who God says that you are? I give you one of the best verses in all the Bible. Psalm 149, verse 2 and 4. The first three, two verses tell us something that we should do, and then the last verse tells us why we should do it. Let Israel, Israel means the people of God. So this applies to all of us. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king, saying, the insecurities we struggle and deal with. No, 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 people of God. We understand there are insecurities, but that's not us. We rejoice. We are joyful in the king. Why? I'm sorry. Let the chi- let them praise his name with the dance, okay? Let them sing praises to him with timbrel and harp. Why? the Lord takes pleasure in his people. You know what pleasure means? It means he approves. It means he is delighted. It means that we have pleased him. It doesn't mean everything we do pleases him. Yes, we sin at times. Yes, we make mistakes and those mistakes, absolutely all those things. But what it says is there's never a point God says you cannot, even when we sin and we disobey God and we not please Him, let's use that expression, not please Him, the path to return back to Him is simple. It's a broken and contrite heart. It's a repentant heart. It's come back to me and I'm well pleased with you. There's never a time where we have to be outside the pleasure of God. But the question is, is that what you're aiming for? Is that what you're fighting for? Are you trying to fight for the pleasure of people, the approval of people? You know what trying to seek The the, the approval from people. You know what that's comparable to? That's like in your company. You work for a company with however many employees. That's like caring more about what the janitor in the next office thinks of me than what the CEO thinks of me. The CEO tells me, you're the best, and you're good. And the janitor from the office next door, who I don't even know, says, I have some concerns about you. I'll take my chances with the janitor. I'll take my chances. Because the janitor doesn't sign my paycheck. And the janitor does when I get promoted. I'll take my chances with the janitor. But some of us are living our whole life to please the janitor. I don't mean any disrespect to anyone in the janitorial services. Some of us are living our whole life to please somebody who doesn't matter. When the one who does matter approves of us. One more verse. 1 Thessalonians 2.4 says, as we have been approved by God. You struggle with people-pleasing? That's a great verse. As we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our heart. What St. Paul is saying here is, I'm approved by God. You know why? Because he has given to me the gospel. And he says, here's the gospel Go preach it. He has approved of me. I'm pleasing to him. He has given me his spirit and says, "I, my spirit will dwell inside you. He has approved of me. He says, I'm accepted. In him, I'm accepted. I don't need to work for approval. I work from approval. I don't work for his approval. I work from his approval. I don't work to do things so that he will accept me. I work because he has accepted me. And he says, you are my beloved. You are my child. I accept you. You don't need the the, the praise of other people. You got the praise of me. And from there, I go out and I work, and I work my tail off. Why? Because I am accepted and approved by my God in heaven. The question for you, will you believe what others think about you or what God says about you? Put that up on the screen. Will you believe what others think or what God says? Will you believe what others think or what God says? And when I say what others think, I'm including in there what you yourself think. Because there's, there, this is now, this is the whole series in a nutshell. There's the whole series in a nutshell. When we started this series, we started talking about the different insecurities, the different things that we think about ourselves. And what I'm trying to show you here is that the bigger and bigger God gets in your life, the smaller and smaller your insecurities, your fears, the approval of others, your need to control, the smaller those things get. So instead of trying to make this small, what we're going to do is we're going to make God big. And we're going to make him so big that the approval of others and all my insecurities become small in comparison. But I'm not good enough. But you know what? I'm not good enough. But like we said in week one, he's with me. And as long as he's with me, that's good enough. I'm not good enough. But him inside me, man, that's more than good enough. If someone doesn't like it, I don't need that person in my life because that's more than good enough because I got him inside me. But so and so and so and so compare. Man, I'm not looking around. I'm looking up. I'm not looking around to see what people say and what I need do. I'm looking up to see what God needs from me. But I'm going to lose control, and I'm afraid that my life is, in, I, I, there's no security and the fear of the future, all that stuff. Man, I don't need to control my life. Like I told y'all when we talked about this, I'm not afraid of losing control of my life. I'm afraid of having control of my life. And the worst things in your life are the things that you have control over. And the best things that ever happened, things that I got no control over and God driving and taking the wheel, and that's what I need. And you're going to say, but I'm offended this and -and so-and-so's hurt me and I don't feel like uh, uh, easily offended. You're going to say, you know what? I'm going to treat others and look at others the same way I want want God to look at me. I'm going to give benefit of the doubt. I don't need people to defend themselves in front of me. I need myself to be clear in front of God. And then last but not least, like we talked about here today, I'm approved by Christ. What more do I need? Will you believe what others think or what God says? I'm going to invite our music team to come back up here on stage. We're going to try to wrap up this series with a little song here together. And as we approach this song, okay, I truly believe with all my heart, listen carefully because there's someone in this room that needs to hear what I'm about to say. I promise you, there's someone in this room that needs to hear what I'm about to say, and it could be more than one person. I truly believe God wants to set some hearts free here today. I truly believe that. God wants to set some hearts free because in the end, all of us will stand in front of God we will not stand in front of our friends. We will not stand in front of our parents. We will not stand in front of people. We will stand in front of God. And all that matters is that we are approved by God because he is the one who tests our heart. And I am praying that many of us who may be living our life for the wrong reason, that may be seeking approval of others, that may be comparing, that may be trying to control everything, that God would free us, free us from that so that we can make him big. And when he's big, everything else becomes very small. Let's stand up together. Sing a song together. We'll just take like a moment and close our eyes, and look deep inside and say, maybe, maybe I'm that person. God wants to do a work in here today. I'm the person that God made me want to free from some insecurities so that I can live truly just for Him.
0: You stood before creation, eternity in your hand. You spoke the earth into motion, my soul now to stand. You stood before my failure, and carried the cross for my shame. My sin weighed upon your shoulders, my soul now to stand. So what can I say, what can I do, to offer this heart of God, completely to you? So I walk upon, upon salvation. salvation. Your spirit alive in me. It's life to declare your promise, my soul now to stand. So what can I say? What can I do? I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all of the one who gave it all. I'll stand, my soul, Lord, to you surrendered all. I am is yours. So I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all. Of the one who gave it all I'll send my soul, Lord, to you surrendered All I am is yours So I'll send with arms high and heart abandoned In all, of the one who gave it all i'll stand my soul lord to you surrender all i am is yours so i'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all i'll send my soul lord to you surrender all i am is yours All I am is yours All I am is yours So what can I say? What can I do? But offer this heart of oh God completely
1: to you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and God amen. Lord, what words can we say? What can we offer to you, Lord? What can we say when we stand in front of your beautiful face shining upon us? Lord, we love you so much. And it's times like this, Lord, where we say we don't want to live for anyone except you. And you're all that matters to us. We don't care about anything, Lord, in this world except you. But you know how weak we are once we leave this room, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that you would help us to put, like, your face in front of us at all times. That our, our, our decisions are only to please you and not to please others, not to even for ourselves, Lord. We lift our, our hearts to you. We lift our hands to you. We lay down our lives in front of you, Lord. We say that all that we are is yours. And we want you to take us and do with us as you please, Lord, because you're the only one who knows how this life is supposed to work and how we're supposed to work. So we put all of our trust in you today, Lord, all of our trust in you. And we and we know, Lord, that our life in your hands is the best, best, best thing that we could ever ask for, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this time that you gave us together and opening so many eyes to see insecurities that have been plaguing us and derailing us from your plan pray lord that we make like a new start here with you today and begin to walk only to please you pray these things in the name of your son jesus christ prayers of all your saints us, lord as we pray thankfully our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.